Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all, it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard <laughs> has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started All right, it is what day is today? Tuesday, Monday. It's Monday. Tuesday, after, Tuesday, Tuesday. afternoon. Um, Jason, I just want to, um, you know, take a second to let everybody know you did return safely from your frigid Lake Arrowhead vacation, and barely you, alive. You've you've you have showered, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was basically the first thing I did once I got home was. I bet. Turn that turn that shower on and let it I let the room kind of steam up for for no. <laughs> for a good 5 minutes. You know, you know the vibes. You've done that before, I, I'm assuming. You you know I know the vibes. I shower a lot. Yeah, this so. guy this guy is one clean boy. So, uh I did that. I did a full shampoo, condition, you know, I, I moisturized it up and then I put on some jammies and then I just basically slept for 10 hours. It was it was really fucked up. I mean, the amount of energy it takes to not do anything stay alive. except stay, stay alive is kind alive. of weird. I'm glad that you guys didn't have to resort to you know. I'm glad you know you didn't have to kill each other and eat each other or anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like because that that would have been bad for me. Yeah. What is that movie? Alive. Yeah, and there's a what's the other movie with DiCaprio where he's like fighting the bear? Oh, the yeah, I mean it was called The Revenant, and that was basically Revenant. a documentary about my weekend. <laughs> the, I could not stop talking. Shut I could not stop up. thinking about The Revenant. And it was, you know, I did the, the <laughs> podcaster's version of of sleeping inside the carcass of a of a yak. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really was that. I mean, like, it felt. I, I gotta say, the best feeling that I have felt in a long time was taking, you know, all of my layers off for the first time, and you know, taking a shower and putting clean clothes on. That was just. No, it's. A, I mean, I had been wearing the same clothes for like two, three days. Just yeah, no, that's a great feeling. That's and and a great there were feeling. all there was all the clothes. I couldn't change clothes because I had to. <laughs> I had to wear all. all my clothes at all times. Oh, I, you know, I just wear all my chains in the house. Jason wears all of his actual clothes. <laughs> yeah, the it's only very the only change that I could do would be like switch up the order in which my layers are layering. That's that's about it. And now the drive. Down the oh. treacherous mountaintop, no guardrails. TJ freeballing in the truck. 
I mean, what did it feel like? Were there was it touch and go? Did you think your life was going to vanish before your we, eyes? Or? Well, we were we were doing some breathing exercises as we made Perfect. our way up and down the hill. But I mean, it, it took about a half an hour for us to get into the clear where the road was no longer icy. I mean, driving driving an icy with you know, I, I think the chains that we had on the car were were honestly making it worse somehow they weren't were those chains i'm gonna they were probably gold plated you know what i'm saying they weren't <laughs> they weren't 24 karat and they definitely weren't platinum they were yeah you're you got me again chris they were plated <laughs> <laughs> uh it was fucked up and and i mean we we tried to we, we we tried to make the best of it and it was odd like i i got home and we we instantly made some broth Mm. and had a had a healing bowl of matzo ball soup for dinner we ate dinner oh. at like four four thirty now, or so. now you're on you're on cv schedule baby i mean it was it was fucked we ate dinner at like four thirty, and then did a little you know i hit the bong and watched a couple episodes of netflix's girlfriends trying to really close that series out and then uh i woke up on the couch at like 9 p.m and it felt like i had been asleep for hours or days it was like you know when you like fall asleep on the couch and it's like four in the morning and you're like oh i best i better go to bed and you know finish up that that happened but it was at 9 30 9 p.m and then so you slept all the way through because this morning i noticed you were responding to my uh chris text at <laughs> at 5 15 a.m when i sent you the chopped and screwed yankee hotel foxtrot <laughs> yeah i was i was up at 5 a.m <laughs> With a with a with my brisk ten, <laughs> I slept for ten fucking hours and woke up you at five. You need it, bro. I need I need my TJ healthy and cognizant, I know, I know. so just, that our podcasting can continue at the at a at a feverish clip. Yeah. Well, that was more of me being upset that I got to experience what what it felt like to sleep for ten hours, which mm-hmm. which is truly a big ass nut if you ask me i mean it feels amazing to get 10 hours of sleep it's very it's very restorative but for the problem life. is if i want to wake up at cb early boy <laughs> hours when the when the new york elite media is just starting to rise and grind i will literally have to go to bed at 7 7 p.m which is just not really going to be well, in the cards i th- i thought you were i thought every day you were grustling but clearly that's not the case look i am grustling and as i get old <laughs> As I get older, I'm sure my uh, my ability and desire to sleep earlier yeah, the and clo- earlier the body clock, yeah, yeah, it'll will change. change. It'll change. But for now, you know, seven thirty is still a, a bridge too far. Look, but but it. yeah, more importantly, you you did send the five a.m. group chat. This is a glimpse into your <laughs> Jesus. This, don't cry. <laughs> this man was like, all right, five a.m. Cool. Here's where I send the. Uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot chopped and screwed album made by the guy who directed Moonlight. <laughs> and bro, OG hold on, hold on. Ron C. Yeah, this shit is certified, bro. This is chop, not slop. Yeah, you well, do, this you, is you, you, this is certified doo doo, if you ask me. <laughs> but it is honestly because uh, Turnt Tom sent that test in the middle of the night, and then I woke up and redistributed it to to another. Yeah, for faction. our listeners, the middle of the night is probably ten fifteen. But yeah, go ahead. It was, <laughs> You know Tom's a night owl. He's down in the dungeon making yeah, beats or whatever, yeah. you know, till 2 a.m. Tom is on a reverse Transylvanian schedule compared to us. 100%. But the, the Chop Not Slop Yankee Hotel Foxtrot was an insane surprise after all of our Wilco discourse last week on, on the um, – on yeah. the Spotify music on how long on radio. So <laughs> it did seem like something that was was 5 a.m. urgent. Yeah, know? and it's, it also it, felt like something that, you know, OG Ron C. continues to rape and pillage from my – 
from my breadth of work. And uh, this is this is no strange no stranger. <laughs> this is an example of that. Um, what you know, a few things to to note. Jeff Tweedy, the the press image that I think Pitchfork or whoever posted it the, the press photo of jeff tweedy looks like he's been sipping lean for i don't know how long because this man is looking he, he Jason, could, he could lose 120 and he's looking Jason, rough i've said and this ready. I've, I've said this to you before about legendary jeff tweedy he's lived a hard life uh and i think that the fact that he's come out on the other side he has a great relationship with his son spencer who he also plays in a band with i think yeah, you need but, to cut I him mean, a little look, slack yeah, we've all lived a hard life. I'm just saying this man needs to stop eating so many meatball fucking hoagies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> look, now we can't agree that Chicago sucks, but don't come for Tweety. Okay, uh, do not come yeah, for Tweety. This man, you've, come for Tweety you've, you've come for Tweety so much in the last week, I feel like there's something. I feel like you're a secret Wilco fan or something, and you're overcompensating. I just think it's funny to absolutely I just think it's funny. <laughs> I, just think it, I, I just think it's funny that Jeff Tweety, um, I don't know why the, you know, to be honest, I, I as a Wilco fan, I, I did not need the, the <laughs> chop, not slop version yeah, of this man, Box Shot. I saw the picture of of lean lean Jeff Leany and I'm like this man wrote a song <laughs> this man wrote a song I am trying to break your scale is what is what the real fucking song is called Jeff, I, I, Jeff Leany Jeff Leany he said I am trying to break your belt loop <laughs> snap 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 J- Jeff Leany is so stupid. Okay, Je- yeah, uh, failing Jeff Leany. Uh, no, also- but I mean, look to be to be fair, I'm you know I love Wilco, but I'm I'm even more of an Uncle Tupelo head, you know. So mm-hmm. if if you know, listeners, if you want to explore the Uncle Tupelo yeah, catalog, make, make sure maybe to alienate our audience even more so with more ma- maybe references, please. Maybe maybe jump into some Sunvolt as well. Um, you know the the other band that spawned from Uncle Tupelo's uh, oh, untimely sure, demise. Yeah, Something sure. to think about. We can move on, but I thought no, it was I don't want to move on. I, I, I think that I think that this th- is an album that is bad. It doesn't need to happen. And in the music that was made by Wilco twenty years ago on their classic album, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, in my well, personal opinion, does not sound great, chopped or slow. No, it did not. No, I. That's what I'm saying. As a, I like that this entered our lexicon because it's the it's it's mm-hmm. it's. Funny, but yeah, I, I agree. Yankee Foxtrot is actually a classic. I think we can agree on that. And I don't think it needed to be chopped and or slopped. Yeah, and I, there, also, there, there might be like a personal connection for me to it because this also sounds like and feels like something a, a 2007 TJ might do if he if he gets mm. absolutely off the shits and fires up the Ableton, he might he might make an unquestionable decision like this. Yes, yes, but yes. also. Well, you- I'm sure, like I, I just want to be in the room with 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 my man OG Ron C, the the king of chop not slop, waving the waving the flag, the only official certified person the to only, do it. I, yeah, I, don't know, don't accept any DJ any Screw. imitations. Do not accept any imitations. RIP Screw. Yeah, we waving the flag for Screw. I, I, just to just to, like imagine if I was like, hey, OG Ron, you know, here's this album. I know you've never heard it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's indie rock from 2001. But well, I, I think, think you that- should do a whole entire album and you know spend weeks of your time doing this. Jason, be like, Jason, you're funny. Please I leave. Think, uh, but if you're think- if you're a guy who like directed Moonlight and you're like an important person with important opinions, he can get something like this done. He can get something like this greenlit. And just because you can do it doesn't mean we should. 
Jason, first of all, he probably paid him. Second of all, I believe OG Ron C chopped it, not slopped a version of Classic Man for the Moonlight film. Oh, that's right. So I, I believe, I believe, I believe Barry and OG Ron C have an ongoing creative partnership. Mm. Much like, much, much like you and I, I would be the Barry Jenkins, um, you know, Oscar winner, mm. and you, you, you would be OG Ron C, underappreciated underground legend. Much, much like. Rostam and Cairo, or <laughs> or Chris Black and Jason Stewart it is a long-running musical companionship exactly. that the world does not deserve. No, we don't. But, but for I, some you know, reason, these clowns get it. it. We, uh, you know, we were exchanging some music links in one of our group chats last week, and I, I have to say, you guys put me onto some cool stuff. No, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to be oh. funny. That that. That Radiohead cover of the Smiths from that basement is fucking A plus stuff. Mm, yeah, I was actually feeling emo- uh, we were. That was one of the only things keeping me warm and alive was considering that there was a small chance that Chris Black was slowly turning to be uh, Team Radiohead. I know it's well, not, ho- I know it's not ever going to happen, but. No, I mean, I, I told you, I think that sometimes Radiohead makes me so nostalgic for my teenage years that it's hard to listen to. The, uh, dead serious. Mm. Like I think, I, th- I think at least at least the Benz is that way. But you know, this is something we should get into with our guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, all for you know, TLDR. All Chris had to do to like Radiohead was to hear them play Smith's music instead of their own. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, but so our guest today is Rostam. Um, the in-demand uh, producer, um, his, he is uh, has new single out called "Unfold You," um, but his album, his solo album, Half Light, is a classic. He's the founder and producer of the first uh, three Vampire Weekend albums. Um, he produced the Claro album. Uh, he produced some songs for Maggie Rogers. He has a, an album with former How Long Gone guest uh, Hamilton Hamilton Lifehauser. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he produced shit for for Heim. He produced Heim. some shit for oh um, on what's what's her name's album e- Emotion. One of the oh greatest. yeah, Carly Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, My he man did a is couple cooking. Carly Rae songs that one of the greatest pop albums ever. He did some Charlie XCX bops. He, you know, he and and like Chris was saying, his his album. We uh, we definitely how long gone rinsed the shit out of it. It's a really really wonderful album, and we both of us listen re listened to it for the umpteenth time today just to get. Our dick, get us in the headspace, in the Rostam headspace for, for Ross Ross Daddy, and <laughs> it did not disappoint. <laughs> It really didn't. Um, all right, let's let's give Rostam a call. Um, hopefully, he can tear himself away from the boards, creating another Grammy album to talk to us for just a quick hour. You know, Jason, yeah, we have a, a lot of gear. Hour. We have a lot of gearhead talk to discuss. Yeah, so let's talk vintage sense. If you if you don't like vintage sense, turn this off now. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping you guys are chit-chatting you guys are talking about your personal interests next thing you know 
it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HowLong today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HowLong. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth suppy with over one million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is usually an Ableton forward podcast, but that's because Jason's a former a recovering EDM addict. So uh, we, uh, look, I'm sure I'm sure he's <laughs> used Ableton, right? I love Ableton. I, I start songs in Ableton a lot, but then I finish them in Pro Tools. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you are a professional. Okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to, Jason. Maybe you could learn something. Maybe we should finish all the podcasts in Pro Tools. No, well, I. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Look. I don't think you need to do side chaining to the, <laughs> the various. <laughs> hey, you, you don't know what we're doing here. Okay, you do not know what we're capable of. <laughs> uh, where Where is the studio? Is this in New York or is this in L.A.? It's in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, you're in L.A. Okay. So cool. you do moved you... to L.A. right? I moved about seven years ago. Oh, shit. Damn, really? Yeah, I haven't lived in New York since... I left kind of like on my birthday. It was like the end of November 2013. I just think of you as a New York guy. I don't know why. Is it's, that... part of, it's part of my, my identity, and I, I'm actually kind of cool with that. Although, <laughs> it's funny because I haven't... New York's changed so much since I lived there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, also, I'm going... was that your way of letting us know you have a birthday coming up? I have. This is my birthday month. <laughs> wow, I, I'm, I'm sure the celebrations now. Have you already chartered the jet to Dubai? Or are you waiting for later? Um, I I don't do extravagant things, but I I usually. I mean, I, I'm a pretty low key guy. But the one kind of like treat that I've given myself for the last three years is. I've gone to Apple Tokyo Watch? for a week. <laughs> Tokyo for a week is pretty good. That's why, not why, so why don't you go extravagant? I feel like you you have done so, uh, you've done a lot. Yeah. So for for the last three years, I spent the week after my birthday in Tokyo, and then last year it was the first time that my birthday fell on Thanksgiving Day, mm. and so I brought my parents to Tokyo, and they'd never been, and they kind of like sort of 
were responsible partly for my Japanophilia. Really? Were they into Japan growing up? Like, yeah, I think, you know, we've always been into Japanese food uh, and culture and they had never been and I had been a bunch. And Damn. so then I just really wanted them to experience Japan. I'm so I brought yeah, that's a really nice thing to do. That's really nice. It, it, and looking back on it, like, I'm glad I did it. I mean, who knows when's the next time we could go to Japan? That is unfortunately mm. the truth. We were at, we were actually looking into it this year because I thought it was going to be so cheap. And then they, they changed the restrictions and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's not possible. What, yeah, what's interesting is the hotel that I like to stay in is really cheap. It's only like 120 a night. It's called the Shibuya XL. <laughs> that sounds like a condom brand, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. <laughs> well, it's spelled E X C E L, but mm, mm, mm. like but, the sheets, Jason. Like the sheets. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay. Just want, the just only thing I hate sure. worse than condoms is Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. That, Am I well, right, that's, fellas? That's, <laughs> what's really cool about this hotel is the location could not be better. So you're you're in the mix. You're in the heat of it. You're completely in the shit, and your balls deep in Shibuya. You are. You're like fully at the crossing. What are you? So what are you now? Everybody kind of has their interest area when they're in Tokyo, I feel like. Beyond obviously eating, I think, crosses all borders. But are you buying gear? Are you buying cameras? Are you buying clothes? Like what is your what is your chosen vice? I do like clothes. Like so this T-shirt is made by a company called Capital with a K. Have you ever Of heard course. Of yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even – is this like a fashion Rust, podcast? Rustam, this is – Chris, Chris is a integral part of the menswear community. So he is quite familiar with the Capital with a K. Yes, but I see that that T-shirt seems to have like a squash blossom necklace printed on it, correct? <laughs> no, these are actually crescent moons. Oh, they're crescent moons. I'm sorry. For the they're listeners, he is and then there's like blossom? one kind of weird smiley face. This is cool for you, though. I like this a lot. Thank you. It's my favorite T-shirt. So you're, so what other what other Japanese brands are you into? So you're copying Capital. What else are we looking at? I like Capital. I like Visvim. Wow. I'm so, I did not know this about you. This is interesting. So now that yes. you're making that John Mayer money, you're able to cop these expensive Johns. I like it. Exactly. exactly well, exactly. I don't buy the whole collection. I get like one thing a year and then I kind of <laughs> don't buy clothes for the entire year because I realize like I don't really like walking down the street and seeing somebody wearing the same thing as me. That's like That's the enough. worst feeling. It's a problem. I mean, you know, as a basic dresser, I'm more of a uniform guy. So that mm -hmm. unfortunately happens to, happens to me. But I like to think that nobody can quite put the pieces together like I can. You know, Wait, that, so what like, is your uniform? A white t-shirt from The Gap? Uh, no, uniform. <laughs> don't come for me, Rostrum. No, that my, uh, my uh, diesel jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, diesel jeans. Rostrum, you skinny. can always find Chris in a nice crispy pair of diesels. <laughs> no, I, my, my LA, cause I'm, so I live in New York, but I've been in LA since July. So I, I I'm here. It looks like, yeah, your apartment looks kind of West Villagey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. It's actually, it's actually, um, it's that the reason for it's that is it's, it's a hotel in Los Feliz. Yeah, that's why. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. They have hotels in Los Feliz. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't. Damn, we're gonna Rossum's get this in a second. Bag. I, like I really this. only know of a couple, actually. Where do you? What neighborhood are you in? I don't want to say exactly because stalkers and stuff, but I'm not far from you. Oh. That's well, you know. I see your little gear setup. You let me know if I need to come lay something down. I'm pretty. I mean, I'm not like the best, but I'm pretty sick with it. Jason can attest. Yeah. Okay, so you guys transitioned from being an EDM duo. <laughs> to being 
<laughs> exactly. Now we're more of like a singer songwriter. You know, that's kind of the vibe. I'm, Look, I I write the lyrics. Jason can play the guitar. Just it's sparse. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's a sparse arrangement. That's I'm the only member for. of the EDM community. Chris is he's more into like like slow dive and uh, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm only into music that ma- plays is made with guitars usually, or at least guitars are the prominent instrument. Um, but I think that could be an age issue. Um, because I'm a little bit older. It's a lot of issues. You know what's interesting? I feel like guitar has recently like transitioned from being like the cool instrument that like all music wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now and now rock is like kind of like less interested in guitar. Oh, you mean you mean there it's part of it, but it's not like the driving force behind the song. I just feel like a lot of music that comes out that's like not, you know, rock or even alternative is using guitar, mm. like maybe like more than actual rock or alternative music. Yes. Is there an, is saying. there an instrument that has taken center stage and replaced the the guitar? I don't know. Trying to, <laughs> let me think. Ableton. 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 <laughs> that's a good answer. I mean, I think that I think that unfortunately, the music I'm talking about came out, you know, probably at least when, when's my cutoff, Jason, on music that I like. Um, what I mean, I'm gonna 2000, go 2004. 2004. Have yeah, you ever heard the song by Ruben Studdard called "I'm Sorry for 2004"? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have actually, and I think that was directed at me. I think that was directed. Awesome! At me. I I thought this we were going to be able to go one podcast without you mentioning Ruben Studdard again, but I was wrong. <laughs> he can't help himself; he's out of control. It's unbelievable. I don't know how many hits you guys have made over the years, but I can't count them. I, I love. I, I'm thinking about Ruben a lot right now. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about him a lot. Uh, well, guitar is, I, I guess, did you grow up playing guitar? Could you play guitar? You'd be surprised how much guitar I've played on records that you love. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I think guy. this guy plays it all. So you can shred. You're saying you can, are you shredding or are you just, are you playing? Like, okay, he, the way that I look at it, it's like, I don't see, like, I see like making a great song as the goal. And if, sure. if that means playing guitar, I can play guitar and recently, I think I've gotten a little. People tell me I've gotten better at guitar, but yeah, I've probably always played about the same amount of guitar on whatever projects I'm working on. But to me, it's like the one thing I never learned was how to shred like Van Halen. Sure, sure. Well, you're more of a rhythm, think, you're more of a rhythm guy than. Uh, but I can't. No, but I I can do like more like I can do like more Hendrixy stuff, and but I I never got into like the Van Halen style shredding, and I was actually at a point. When I was a teen, I had this great guitar teacher and he would teach me anything that I wanted to learn. And the first thing I wanted to learn was Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Let's go. <laughs> um, high and Dry. Okay. And Damn, you're, something for all of us. You're in our zone right now. And Machine Head by Bush. Another Ooh. classic. An underappreciated so, classic. So he was really cool. He tabbed out all of those songs yeah. and he was like, okay, I'm going to teach you these. You're going to learn these. But then for me, you got to learn Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, Interesting. One so, for you, one for them. Exactly. And then it got to a point where the next thing on the docket was like me shredding. And instead of doing that, I just said to him, like, I must have been like 17. I was like, I just want to learn music theory now. Mm, so you were and, like, I don't want to be a hot dogger. I want to be a soul surfer as it pertains to the a Jackson <laughs> or an Ibanez. 
Exactly. Yes. Yes. You want to play yes. from the heart, not fingertip. Ex- well, I, I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Don't sleep heart. on the tapping. We love to fingertip on this podcast. Don't worry. We do. We are. We're pro tapping. We love a naughty little harmonic blast. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Some pinch bends. Some pinch bends. Um, but yeah. Is that the first instrument you learned to play was guitar or did you learn piano first? I actually learned the flute first and I I started the flute when I was like about six or seven I was like very early I wanted to learn flute and by the time I was 14 I was like I never want to see a flute again why why were you so flute forward as a youth I think what happened to you I think it had to do with my brother started playing the clarinet and he was older and so I was like I want to play something like the clarinet but different Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to be, you want to stay in the. Is is that a wind instrument? Is the flute a wind instrument? Yes, it is. So you want to stay in the fa- You want to stay in the family. Who's to say? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I just like burned out on flute. But I, I mean, I did have love for it at the time. <laughs> yeah, I still got love for the flute. The, the I still flute, got love. It's, for the- it's very easy to get burnt out on the flute. What were, so wait, what were you listening to? Were you listening to like radio alternative? Because it sounds like if you're requesting Bush and Radiohead and Counting Crows, then that's what you're into. So as a kid, I was really into the Beatles. I was really into Octung Baby. And then <laughs> wow. when fifth wow. grade hit when fifth grade hit, I got super into Nirvana and everything. It was like ninety-five. So I, I guess sure. Kurt had died already. Mm. Yeah. Well, Ross, man, I'm 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 a big Nirvana fan, but Chris and some other people who listen to the show like to believe that that failing whole is better than Nirvana. What say you? I think that. Yep. Yep. No, don't you do it. (laughs) I I don't need to say what's better. No, you're not a fucking politician. Rostam, you, you do like need that. to say what is better. <laughs> yeah, we're actually asking exactly that question. It's a very do simple think, question. Are you saying I think Billy Corgan's songwriting is better than Kurt? Oh, Kurt. do not fire shots at Corgan <laughs> like that. Do not fire shots. <laughs> that, that joke is for the, the in the head. Yeah, yeah, that's for the that's for the, for the heads. But Billy Corgan can write a damn good songs. song. I think we were actually, what was that we were listening to the other night, Jason? We were li- that Smashing Pumpkins video Mikey sent us of them playing. What song was that they were playing? I think live? it was Disarm, but it was like a real, oh my it was God. like a real crunchy, like a real grungy, crunchy, like stompy version of Disarm. So good. Got my so little good. card. But Hole, Hole is, Hole is preferred listening for me. I, I find Nirvana to be not that interesting, but also in 95, it was very interesting. Well, what you got to think about with Nirvana is like, there was so much music that ripped off Nirvana after Nirvana mm-hmm. that like we've experienced like every like watered down filter. Yeah, that's true. Like even Nickelback would be like, we love Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the Beatles of our generation. It was impossible not to be influenced by them. Have you, that's true. have you experienced any personal run-ins with Courtney Love though? I was in an elevator at the Chateau Marmont with her. It's just one-on-one. Did you say what's up? I was scared to speak, but <laughs> I would be too. She'll cut your throat real quick, won't she? <laughs> I would be scared, I think. But I saw her play in LA like a year ago, and it was bad, unfortunately. And she played the songs I wanted to hear, and they did not sound good. Walk me through what that's. Wait, was that at Yola Fest? Yes, it was at the Yola. It was at the because I'm a big. We're gonna get into this because you're you're oh, the god it. of this shit right now, but. I'm a big female singer guy, you know, so that was really 
that was really the place for me. It had Cat Power. It had Courtney Love. It had Licky Lee. You know, were you there? I was. In fact, the the song that Licky Lee opened her set with was a song that we wrote together and I produced, and it was the first song from her record. Damn. So it was pretty awesome to see her open up the show with that, and it was like people were screaming. It was awesome. Which Licky Lee record did you work on? <clears throat> the most recent one, So Sad, okay, So okay. Sexy. And mm. the song is called Hard Rain. And it has actually a really sick video, but there's one part in the song where I got Licky to rap, and she, <laughs> she lip syncs for exactly three seconds in the video, and like it's three <laughs> seconds of the rap. But if she had lip synced the whole rap part, I think I would have really lost it. I wish she had. <laughs> <laughs> it just would have been better for you, you mean? So no, I just I just wanted to because that I feel like that rap part is like it seems like it wouldn't work for her, but together like we worked really hard to make it work and make it fresh, but still in her world. And then I just wish that she had lip synced the whole section because there's something like really impressive about watching her yeah. do that. And she did she does it live, and it's awesome when she does it live. But I like that know, these... song actually off that record. Thanks, Daddy. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know that. I have to, I'll, I'll go revisit. I'll revisit. But I mean, I um, I think that record is a year ago. You said it came out. So sad, so sexy. I actually don't know how many years ago that was. Maybe, now. It, was a little, maybe it was a little bit more than that. It all kind of blurs together. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you're in the, in the lab just grinding twenty four seven, bro. <laughs> Ross, I, I have some uh, some LA specific questions for you. You, um, where do you think has better Persian food, LA or New York? Okay, so here's an interesting thing. I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but my mom writes cookbooks. Oh, I know. Oh, That's why yeah, I we, asked, baby. We, we do a little the, bit of research. We don't just listen to music, okay? We can so, read, too. So I think what's interesting about, about like, just what it's always revealing when people are, like, eager for me to weigh in on what restaurant has the best Persian food. But the mm -hmm. truth is, the good Persian food is not had at restaurants. It's, it's, it's had at home. It's had at home, and and there's actually not really a culture in Iran of restaurants. Mm. Mm. And in mm. fact, one thing that was interesting was like, like Italy, for example, like the idea of going to, and sitting down and having a seven course Italian meal where you get like a one pizza course and you get a pasta course and a salad course and a meat course and a sopracetta course <laughs> and a dessert course, all this shit, like that is very much a creation of like American guys like Paul Bastianich and Mario Batali applying a French mindset to Italian food. Oh shit. Ross man knows <laughs> more about food than I do. <laughs> Why are you supposed to know about food? Is that well, it's, it's Jason, Jason, not only as a, as a recovering EDM addict, he's also a known, a known entity in the food world. Rostam. No, uh, so, I just love I just love food and I love talking about it a lot. And then I I, I saw that your mom is a, is a cookbook author, so it did get me excited. I will say. What, what do you think is better, Bestia or Bavel? Uh, hopefully neither. But I will. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Those are, that's, that's Bestia. Bestia is one of the most overrated restaurants. In, Bestia in is LA. a good restaurant for people who live in Orange County to come. Uh, you know, enjoy the <laughs> rough side of LA. I gotta say, I'm a hard disagree with you guys, but. 
if if you catch an, a weird menu or an off night, I could imagine not liking it. I do think it's one of the best restaurants in LA. I've heard a well, lot of good things about about Bavel, and I've I've maybe I've had a little morsel or two from there, but I've I've been I've been to too many disappointing Bestia dinners to really say anything good about it. Unfortunately, but I love to be a hater, you know. Well, Rostin, what's your take on Felix? I've never been there. I've heard about it. Is it is that in Venice? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. I'm I, I'm more of a mountain man. Rest in peace, mountain. <laughs> M- MTN. Yeah, I think it's closed forever. Is what I've I've heard. I you know that restaurant. I actually had been there a couple times. And I really liked the food, but it was a the vibe was weird. Rossum, what, 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 okay, you, you, you're, I'm starting to get your LA restaurant vibe. And so far, we're <laughs> off to a bad start as it pertains to my knowledge. Well, do you love, do you love Felix? Do I need to go there? No, I just want to, I mean, so you're, you're, feeling, you're, you're a little bit more on out. the east side, right? I mean, I like some stuff that's further west, but yeah. I'm just what, trying to get a feel for you. Are you, you a Taco Bell like? or a Del Taco guy? Um, I, I don't really fuck with either, but sometimes Del Taco I've had and been like, this is pretty good. We're getting back towards the middle Okay, In-N-Out or Shake Shack? Oh, this is a very easy one for me. Oh, don't you do it. (laughs) It's gotta be In-N-Out. Yes! Wow, Rossin does it again, two for two with TJ's questions. Ross, man, I had In-N-Out just yesterday. Do you like Shake Shack? Hell no. Shake Shack's bad. I think Shake Shack is low key kind of bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't, no, 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 no. We 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 Sorry. love to hate on Shake Shack. Yeah, um, I think it is kind of bad, and it's and it's kind of gross. Like their veggie burger has like cheese, like too much cheese, two portobello much cheese. mushrooms, and mm, yeah, I, I leave Shake Shack, and my my body does not thank me, and I just ate a full double double combo yesterday with with fries and the whole thing, and I was like, I could eat again. Damn, you're making me want to get some protein style up in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's actually a good transition because my girlfriend and I were both saying like, you know what, we need, we should probably do protein style moving forward because we're we're just eating a lot lately. What are, uh, you know, what I want to talk to you about, you know, fitness. I know you're playing a little bit of tennis. I want to talk about (laughs) diet stuff. You know, what are you, what are we doing to stay Cali healthy? Um, or are we, or are we just being Cali naughty? No, I I would definitely say something that's been a game changer for me has been intermittent fasting. And there's an app called zero that I really like. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard of this? No, I, I, I can imagine what it does, but walk us through it. We're, we're both fast daddies. Neither of us eat breakfast or lunch. I don't eat much at all if I can help it, but, um, but I eat a real fat, nasty dinner every day. Yeah, he does. Interesting. Yeah, Jason's got a wild, wild stomach. He Are you talk- a twenty-three-one kind of person? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, actually, wish. kind of. Yeah, I mean, for breakfast I have black coffee, and for lunch I have coffee, and then uh, I just have a. <laughs> and then for dinner, you know, I've, I've saved up all my calories, and then I can just really eat whatever I want, and and I do. You know, I'll have I'll have dessert, I'll have ice cream, I'll hit the bong and eat some cake, whatever it is, no problema. Sounds like a good. You, you found the secret to life. What is your? What I can't is your put weight on? What is your fat? He's six foot nine. He's got all kinds of body problems. So Damn. Mm-hmm. What? What? What does your fasting schedule look like right now? Um, 
I think what I've been, uh, I, I let it go a little bit last week. I'm getting back into the zone, but <laughs> I would say like, try not to eat until two and that's good. Yeah, that's good. And like, I'll have to drink. So have you guys ever heard of this drink called Celsius? Yeah. Yeah. They no. sell it at berries. They sell it at berries. It's like a, it's like a pump up drink, right? Well, it's basically like Red Bull, but with natural flavor instead of artificial flavor. Mm. Yeah, this man said so, a pump up drink. I've had it. I've had it pre. I've had it pre berries before. They said that's the only place I've ever seen it. Yeah, so it's like pretty much sugar free, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. Some somewhere along the way, I got into having one of those before I work out. So I'll probably like work out between eleven and noon every day, and I'll drink one of those Celsiuses, and then. I recently got a dog, and I take my dog to puppy preschool. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro, this rock star life is hitting different. Yeah, the TJ. grind, the grind never stops. I like it. Damn. So my my puppy, I have to wake up at like between eight and eight thirty, and get him to puppy preschool by nine, <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> Does this happen every day? I'll, nah, five days a week, and then I'll. I'll get a nice <laughs> Holy shit. So you might so as well you, have a so kid. You, so you hold on. You get in the Lambo truck. You take the puppy to puppy <laughs> puppy puppy daycare. And what kind of iced coffee? Where are you getting an there, iced coffee? There isn't a Lambo truck yet. <laughs> it's an SUV. It's called the Urus. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the Urus. I apologize. Uh, he he gets in the Lambo Urus. Wait, and who then, make a Urus? Oh, sorry, Urus. L- Lamborghini makes it. <laughs> 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 what what iced coffee are you? Do you guys What's... do you guys want to talk cars? Because I'm really into cars. No, really? I actually think I, actually, I I think being into cars is really nerdy, and I'm shocked. Ross Ross, man, I, we are going to talk about cars. I'll make a note of it. So before we're done, we're going to get into um, but, Ross Daddy's whip game. It's so nasty. But by Damn. the way, by the way, this seems like a good time to correct you. My name is pronounced Rossim. No, no, he knows. No, I'm okay. calling you Ross Man, as a as a term of endearment. But I know that your name is Rostam. Can we dead that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of? Hold on. What kind of car? So are you? Do you have like multiple cars? At different times in my life, I have. Now I'm. Now I recently joined the Teslarati. <laughs> are we a are we a model tray? Are we are we a what y? do you think? No, you got the you got the gull wings. I know. I think you have the Y. I do have the Y. You have a nice lumpy little Y, don't you? I What's have the, a, is that the new one, guys? I'm sorry. We didn't do we didn't do all black on black, did we? Uh no. I don't I have never owned a car with a black interior, and I hope never to. Mm, okay. I have a I have a hatred of black interiors. Especially it's too, in California. Because it's too hot or you don't like it the way it looks? I, it's both, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Y. So, I haven't been inside a Y, but I, you know, I'm, I, love, I love driving a three. All right, so we got multiple Tesla people. What about you, Chris? Are you a Tesla guy also? T- Chris is, Chris is um, I'm, I'm, since I'm here only temporarily, I'm renting a, a small Mercedes um, baby mama style SUV. Um, I like a tesla in theory but i don't something about it doesn't sit right with me to be honest yeah the elon musk of it all <laughs> well that that well i mean i guess i've been in jason i've been in yours a bunch i, I guess I've, i haven't driven one that much though i think that changes the, the musk of it all is is a tough hill to get over but just the feeling of really hauling ass in those cars is is something special don't don't you think 
I, I think it's an extremely well-designed vehicle. And once you get used to not using gas, it's very hard to imagine. Yeah. Pulling like, up to a stinky Chevron. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like, that's like 20 minutes of your week that you never have to worry about anymore. Mm-hmm. What about, what about, what do you do with your weekend cars then? Cause I'm sure those are, you know, your, your I'm, Mercedes, your Mercedes convertible, your, well, I mean, what do you do with those? Well, I don't, I mean, I'm, I had a BMW that I'm actually in the process. I'm going to sell it, but um, but mm. I did have a Porsche for three years. Damn, bro, you midlife crisis early. So we really are a, a car boy. I like it. Well, the the so the Porsche thing was like I always wanted to have a convertible. Yeah, I get and, that. And then this song that I did with Hamilton Lighthouser called "In a Blackout." It was in an Apple commercial. <laughs> You blew the bag. Damn, this is bag. actually going to be one of my questions. <laughs> which, yeah, which, so it was which just kind of like all of a sudden, like this crazy amount of money shows up, and you're just kind of like, you know what? I got to do something with this money. I got to get my Porsche. Mm-hmm. So it was a new Porsche. Yeah. So I got it in 2017, and I and I or it was a 2017 model. I got it in 2016, and I I had it for three years, and then I gave it back. It was a lease. That's actually a pretty responsible way to blow that money. I'm I'm proud of you for that. That's like you got what you wanted, but you gave it back. You didn't lose your ass on it. It's a win-win. What color? What color do we go for? So it was a color called graphite blue metallic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty. It was actually a new color for 2017, and I don't think I don't think they make it anymore. So it was kind of a unique car, and the interior was uh, light, like a light gray. Did so you, you put, really are a full car guy. I like this. Did you put rims on it? No, come on. The wheels were beautiful. <laughs> I had to ask. I don't know. Some people like everything custom. Okay, what is your what is your dog's name and and, and what is his Instagram? <laughs> I'm gonna give it all. <laughs> and what is his or hers or they's uh, breed? I should say. My dog's name is Rom R A H M. Like a man. Like, yeah, I was about to say. It's. Well, it's funny. Yeah, I guess that everyone says that, but no, it has nothing to do with Rahm Emanuel. I'm sure it we doesn't. Know, That's just know, the most famous, <laughs> famous Rahm <laughs> to an American here, I suppose. It, but it, it would be really cool if you were like, yeah, after Rahm Emanuel. Exactly. That's what I named my dog after. <laughs> so he, he is a mutt, and I got him from the LaBelle Foundation. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's my, she's my uh, friend's wife. Tight. <laughs> what kind of dog is it? It's a mutt. He's a but mutt. like, come on, what's the combo looking like? Kind of looks like he kind of looks like a third size German Shepherd. Oh, okay, Ooh. I get it. Sounds very manageable. Point three x scale. Exactly. Have, have you had a dog before, or is this your first foray to the dog arts? I I grew up with. We had two German Shepherds. Um, Did you train them by whistle or by the German language? <sighs> I didn't really train either of them. I was too young, but my dad, my dad got very into like teaching our second dog, Izzy, how to heal. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Izzy could like, she would just like, she would never walk in front of my dad. She would always be at his side, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. That's iconic. That's the way you want the dog to trot. (laughs) Let's, uh, I wanted to talk to you about drugs. Do you do, do you do any drugs, Rostam? Well, I know we have a mutual friend, Jeremy O'Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes. And Hamilton did this show as well. Yeah, Hamilton did the show as well. And so did Hari, who was the star of your video. Oh, my God. So many connections. I love it. <laughs> That's right. We're connected, baby. Um, so you and Jeremy <laughs> do a lot of drugs together? Is that what you're going to say? Is that, is that where you're going with this? I was going to tell you that we went to this amazing town in Mexico for Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. And we got really into these mushroom chocolates. Mm. And I, I can't say too much more about that. <laughs> other than, I can't even reveal the name of the town because it's that iconic. But okay, I will say this on New Year's Eve, the entire, like the entire beach turns into a party. Mm -hmm. Look, we've been to Tulum. Okay. It was not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Was that, was a lot this of people where... talk about how Tulum was ruined. Cause everyone, everyone like sort of like got the seat, the secret, like yeah, I've said no is ruined. So you so I, you went so you were in like a remote like weird little random village. Jamie XX is DJing. We're we're taking <laughs> lots, we're taking some special mushroom chocolates. But the first time I ever took mushrooms, I, I this is kind of a funny story. I don't think I've ever told this publicly, but hell yeah, I'm happy to. Um, <laughs> I had gotten into Columbia early decision. Mm -hmm. Flex, congrats flex i worked really hard i i had a 4.1 when i applied to college Shit. i worked Damn. really hard like i i knew that i wanted to like just get it out of the way apply early and then fuck off and that's what i did and there was a <laughs> sophomore once i was a senior um there was a sophomore who was like i've been growing mushrooms underneath my bed and you know <laughs> i i did not believe that he was <laughs> yeah i wouldn't either so I then proceeded to um, tell him on a Monday that if he brought the mushrooms tomorrow, I would take them that night. Mm. And he did. And on a Tuesday night, I tripped pretty hard alone in my bedroom. Mm. And one, be thing I do it. one thing I didn't know about uh, shrooming is that you – and everyone's a little different, but for me, I really can't eat anything when I'm on shrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, I have no appetite at all. You know, I mean, that's one of the things I love about mushrooms because I feel like I'm always <laughs> hungry otherwise. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I want to put in my mouth on mushrooms is a is a nice, juicy American spirit cig. One after another, baby. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to say a nice meatball sub, didn't you? But no, no, no. I'm talking about no. smoking cigs and chain smoking. I so thought were, you you in a, were you in a dorm room, Rostov, or were you just like an apartment? No, this was at my parents' house. Oh, and so, oh way worse, well, way worse, way worse. And then so my mom calls me down to get dinner, and I guess I just <laughs> hadn't thought it through. Have you guys ever heard of Airwid? Airwid? Arrowid.org. So it was like this website where people shared their drug experiences. No. And this is I, like in the. This I is call like, that I call that Narcotics Anonymous, but I know what you mean. <laughs> this is like we got we got I, I, I got to tell you this is like the year two thousand one. Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's like a .org. It feels like a message board. Yeah, it was like a message board where people talked about their drug experiences. So mm. like. Here and I, I also didn't believe that the shrooms that this kid was growing underneath his bed were going to work. Sure. So, so you're like, yeah, like, I'll eat these right before dinner. It's not going to do shit anyway. So I'm like tripping my face off. I am 
like reading about different people's drug experiences. And then I see like, some people are like throwing up as part of the process. Mm. Some people are like, I can't eat for it. I think I to this day, I remember it said like, it's a seven hour thing. It takes seven hours for the shrooms to clear your system. And you can't sleep until the trip is over. Mm -hmm. That's all Um, true. Yeah. Did you go to dinner? So then I went down and I just started laughing (laughs) and I was like completely uninterested in eating. And I eventually like just got out of it and went back upstairs. And I think a few years later I told my parents, like, remember that time where I came down to dinner and I was laughing, I was on mushrooms. They were like, we know, sweetie, we know, (laughs) we know you were acting crazy. You didn't even touch the Fessenden. Of course you were on mushrooms. (laughs) Exactly. That is that is exactly it. I didn't t- touch the. Did you did you finish college? Yes. Wow, I'm impressed. I fi- I assumed that you. I, I assumed you that- assumed that after that mushroom trip, I was just yeah. a total wasteoid. Exactly. You were fucked. You started buying vintage synthesizers, and you just smoked weed, and you never left the house. You know, I was worried about you. Well, one thing that did happen in college, which surprised me, is I stopped getting incredible grades. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you developed a social life? It's, or? it's because he traded the Adderall for mushies. Exactly. What do you, what changed? The social life aspects? Okay, so let's since we're talking about drugs, I never did Adderall in high school. I never got prescribed it. But somehow in college, I did freshman year, I started taking it to write papers. Classic tale. Classic mm-hmm. tale. And I pretty much never wrote a paper without taking Adderall. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> my entire college experience and i actually don't think i've done adderall since well Smart. that's There's no reason to i i never really i as much coke as i did adderall never really appeared for me jason i don't know why like that just was never really around yeah i only did it on accident i guess we didn't go to college that's part of it i, I feel <laughs> like it really i feel like it really is like a it really is like a study drug, though. You know what I mean? It really is like a, that. That's where it came to prominence for yeah, sure. Yeah. The uh, the only papers you did were freaking backwoods. That's true. I was rolling papers only. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, are you guys both stoners? Uh, no. He, he is a recovering stoner and drug user. He's sober now, and not just Cali sober, full sober. And I, we we both used to be straight edge, and now hot. that's hot. Yeah, I think it's cool to be straight edge. I agree. There's a difference between cool and hot, though. But yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we should take the remainder of this podcast to talk about the difference between being cool and hot. There's a lot to to soak into, isn't there? I'm going to need an Adderall for that. That's what I need an Adderall. You're going to need to snort an Adderall. (laughs) Yeah. But now, now, I, now I do drugs, not very often, but I do them, and uh, and Chris is full sober. But I do smoke weed, and I'll I'll I was planning on taking mushrooms last weekend, but my uh, my weekend getaway didn't work out so well. Do you? What kind of drugs are you doing in the stew? Are you smoking the loud pack to get creative? Uh, you know, it's funny. Like I read an interview with Daft Punk many years ago, and they talked about how like one time they took ecstasy before they got in the studio and they felt certain that they were making the best music ever. made. <laughs> and they said that after they came down, like they listened to the music and they were like, this is garbage. Yeah. That's happened and to me with a lot of drugs. That did kind of stick with me. I think I do. I, I think drugs are cool. And I think, you know, I like drugs, but I don't think it makes, I don't think it really makes you make better music. 
Yeah. I I probably think you're right. I think it makes you, like you said, I think it makes you think you're making better music, which some people, that's all they need. But, you know, but I, I, the reality is different. I think you can use drugs to kind of birth the little baby idea and then yeah. just leave it sitting there and then come back tomorrow with a clear head and then you're able to kind of mold it and shape it into something worthwhile. But otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't do it to completion. Just like I just ate a bunch of mushrooms. Here's my cool idea. Write it down, you know, get the get the MIDI file typed in and then <laughs> go to bed. I mean... I historically all my favorite musicians have used drugs heavily, but I don't know what that means. I don't know if that is just part of the lore or if they were actually doing it, you know, in the studio to help themselves be creative. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I think psychedelics can open your mind in a in a broader, more long lasting way. And it doesn't necessarily mean you got to be like high on acid while you're playing a g chord you know <laughs> yeah yeah i agree yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, thank you for putting that into perspective for us yeah i mean i think you can you can take the experiences that you have and you know apply them to your life and more broadly and i think it it, can, it has a long lasting impact what do you so if you're working on if you're working on music and you have an idea where do you where does that go first like where do you do you hum a melody into like the voice note do you play Ab- something Ableton what, does it all for you baby what's what's the vibe you just what, what, is those your, stems. what is your go-to capture um mm. you know i have a piano in my living room and i have another piano in my studio i always i mean i have like about 10 guitars in the studio so I, i'm always able to make or just to have uh, something to kind of like play with and collect ideas. I usually make little voice memos, either yeah. of a guitar riff or like a little piano idea, or sometimes I'll just hear drums in my head and I want to build a song out of a drum beat that I hear in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would say in the last six years, a lot of the new songs that I start, it's, it's oftentimes like I'll be in a room with some, with an artist and we'll just kind of sort of feed off of each other. And I'll, you know, I'll think about like what kind of song would I want to hear from that artist as a Mm -hmm. fan. And, and if I start an idea that they're into it, usually like, you know, it becomes a song if it goes well. Yeah. I mean, I think Jason and I are both, um, we were very big fans of your solo record in 2017. We listened to that record a lot. Half Light was a, a classic in our households. Um, yeah, it's a good, and it's a good breakup record. It really is. Oh, I was going, I was going through a divorce and that shit really was like my soundtrack to that for an extent and for, for a period of time. Um, well, that's but, exciting. Cause we, we can talk about the sequel to Half Light. That's oh. well, I know it was coming. I know it's coming. Uh, you're are you talking did, about Full Light? but i think that that was your first i mean that was your first real solo music correct it wasn't in a band or was it for someone else yeah that yeah that was that yeah that record and i mean i kind of started releasing songs from it back in 2011 yeah yeah but the but actually so the second one is now on there's the single obviously we talked about earlier that that has hari in the video but when is it when is the when is it dropping the full lp the long player it'll be next year Next year? Come on, y'all. This year's our <laughs> Thanksgiving. No, no, I know. I know. We don't have that kind of time, buddy. Are we talking about Q1? Or are we talking about Q2, though? 
Mm. I, man, I don't know. This, <laughs> I, we started. About, we already started talking about Trump and conspiracy theories. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, we can talk about that. I think it's. Uh, Is it, it done? Oh man, I don't want to think about that too much right now. It's, it's close. I will say it's very close. Okay, close good. is good. Close is good enough. Close is good enough. I just want to update as a fan. I'm looking for an update. You know what I, I mean? Think, I think here's one thing that I think about my first record. I feel like there was a lot that I needed to learn about. Even though I had been producing albums since I was 22, I'd never really made one with myself as the artist. Yeah, and I think that that experience actually taught me a lot. So I'm kind of psyched to have kind of like a little bit of perspective and be able to be like, Hey, like that was really cool, but that wasn't really a song. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was more of like a vibe, but we need to make that turn into a song. I get it. I get it. Well, I, there, I mean, you're, you've made but, some little interlude songs that are like a minute or two minutes long, right? Um, yeah, so, like, on this record, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there might be some things like that, too. <laughs> but, but are there are there going to be more guests this time around since you've, since you've broadened your network so much, or is it going to be along the same lines? Actually, no guests. Uh, oh, except, yeah. except for one, there's one, there's, like, one person who's kind of a part of the record in a, in a very cool way, which I don't want to, I, I just feel like it's too early to talk about. Don't but talk about it. Look, if you, yeah, if fine. you got Paul Simon back to come back on album two, that's awesome. We don't have to mention. Yeah. Thing. I'm a pretty huge Paul Simon fan. Yeah. How, well, how I mean, was it hard to get, um, get a sample from, from the P man? You know, he was very cool about it all. I think he's a very cool person. I, I'm really glad to hear that because that kind of that sample blew my fucking mind. I was like, this shit is lit. That is a that is just a real A1 sample that I'm sure I wonder if people have tried to get it cleared before and they've I don't know. I've never I'd never heard it used that way before. Well, it's interesting. I'll tell you one Paul Simon's story, because I love that record, uh, The Rhythm of the Saints, which is where that song Don't Same. Let It Gets You samples. Yeah. It's it's a sample from Obvious Child, which is like track one on that album. And I really love that album. And I grew up listening to it as a kid. My mom and dad were always playing it in the kitchen. Um, but when I met Paul Simon in 2008, when we did SNL, I asked him about that record. And I, you know, I was like, I love, I really love that record. It means so much to me. And he had an interesting take where he was just kind of, he, I think he really felt like Graceland had gotten all of the love. Mm-hmm. And that people weren't really like ready for that record in the same way musically, like, like, like maybe he felt like he'd taken a risk, and people just weren't ready. But I actually kind of think that record is, in some, it's some, in some ways, like I like the vibe of it much more than Graceland. I, I think I agree with you, actually. I mean, I, I, I think I agree with you in some ways. That's funny, though. I mean, anyone of that level, like, looking back on their career is such an interesting thing to talk about. You know what I mean? It's, like, kind of mind-blowing to hear him say that to you, I'm sure. It was very mind-blowing just because, like, yeah, those records are, they're, they're very special. And, and I think his career is so special. Like, who do you know that at 38 made, like, the most iconic album of their career. Like you never expect that from anybody. Mm -hmm. You don't. Was that, was he hosting the show and you guys were playing Vampire Weekend was playing? 
No, so he and Lauren are buddies from way yeah. back. Yeah, Paul's just always there. He's just there. Um, so we were sound checking, and I turned to our drummer Chris, and I was like, I like turned, I swiveled my head. I was like, Yeah, well, uh... that, I was like, Who's that guy in the baseball cap up sitting in the bleachers? And I was like, Yo, Chris, I think that's Paul Simon. I was just like kind of whispering to him, like, Yo, Chris. I think that's <laughs> This is when and you were there with Vampire Weekend, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. So this would have been March 08. So, you play, so you Paul did Simon, a- big influence on Vampire Weekend. So watch, you know, him watching you guys sound check on SNL is kind of an insane moment. Huge. It was cool. I mean, we did kind of have this weird feeling like people, people were obsessed with saying that our record sounded like Graceland, the first yeah, record. Yeah. And we were like, not exactly, but like, of course we love that album like but it doesn't actually sound like that but people just didn't really have that much reference point mm. sometimes it uh, takes years for for an album to breathe like a fine wine you know it's true did you it's, do did you do snl again did you do snl with you did it with maggie rogers too right yes i've been on snl four times jesus so we're we talk about snl a lot here um and i've never been and it's a real thorn in my fucking side but but what would you say was the of the four? What, what did you, when did you have the most fun? Who was the best host? Wow! And we're going to need um, a Lauren impression next. No, Lauren impression is is a must. Um, you know, it was it was interesting. I will say this: uh, one thing that was unique about playing with Maggie Rogers was that in the past three times that I had done it. Lauren had never changed the order of the songs, but with Maggie, he kept changing it. And I, you know, I, I think he actually, I think one of the reasons SNL is what it is, is because he really does care. Yeah. He's involved. He kept, he kept feeling like it was better to switch the order. Like, like one song might work better first or the other song might work better second. And, and it kept happening. Like, so between the rehearsal and like, cause one thing about SNL is like there's a lot of dress rehearsals, as you mm-hmm. can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like camera bro- blocking on Thursday, and then you'll run through the show on Saturday. Uh, like you'll do a full run through of the show, mm-hmm. and there's always like two or three skits that get cut before uh, mm-hmm. the you know the main the taping. But, but yeah, I will say like he kept changing the order and, and it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, I was going to say that seems nerve wracking. I mean, because that was her first time. I mean, that was Maggie's first time on SNL, I'm sure. Yeah, and she did it before her album came out, which was pretty cool. Damn. But there was one of those performances went on to be like a big deal, right? Like the one where she's wearing the dress. I can't remember which song it was. I think that was Falling Water. That was the yeah, one. Falling Water. Yeah. yeah, Falling Water was the one that people were really losing their minds about. And that. And that was second, or did it end up being first? Or it like was that? Up, it ended up being second, and I think that, like, I think that that was like it was good ultimately that it was second. Yeah, I mean, so, I think that every 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 artist playing, there's one they they have their two songs, and you kind of know there's a feeling of like this is a song one, and this is a song two. Like this is song one is the big hit that everyone to to grab them by the balls, and then song two is for the real heads, show their range, etc. What did Nirvana do as their second song? Ooh. Damn, I don't know. Jason, look that up. Because it was question. Smells Like Teen Spirit and then maybe In Bloom? Or... Well, you know, I mean, you know this as a musician, but SNL is historically hard to be good on. 
you know, quote unquote, is what people say. So what's interesting is that people say that, but I've developed a relationship with the sound mixer. And <laughs> you, you hacked the system is what you're saying. <laughs> no, but he's actually really cool. And I think people are afraid to be communicative with him. And I remember when we did when we did SNL the third time, like I actually was like renting outboard gear and bringing it to the studio. Uh, and we were like, we were vibing. Like, we were using like these like distressors on the drums. And I'm pretty sure we added it at AMS RMX 16, which is like this old classic reverb. And we made, we made it sound really good. I mean, I, I actually have never watched the third time. Cause I, wow. Yeah, I just, I don't know, some some of these things, like, you just, like, you know what, I can watch that, like, 10 years from now, it's not going to go away, it's not going to change. Yeah, that's a good, that's probably for the best from time to time, I think you're right. It looks, it right. looks like song two was Heart Shaped Box. But that wouldn't have, was that, oh, no. Oh, 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 no, 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 because they that, must have played it twice. in utero, okay. Um, they maybe played it three times, because when they did Smells Like Teen Spirit, was the second one in Bloom, or... No, I think, it was, I think it was Territorial Pissings, actually. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You're, you're right. I think you're right, Jason. And they knew that, and SNL knew that they were going to smash all the gear on stage for song two, so they, were, they swapped out the amps with cheaper models, and then uh, and Cobain punctured all the, all the heads of all the speakers with his guitar head. Damn. Remember when, next people, level. See, remember when people, people did cool that shit like that <laughs> yeah remember that do you so is never gonna do that sis her is not gonna break any amps that's for sure <laughs> did you uh do you miss touring at all or are you good or would you rather be at home in the studio i actually i love touring my record uh half light like i got really into that and it was it was really fun and rewarding and i i'm kind of psyched to do it again whenever that rolls around what was the setup like for that? Was it like oh, just a full band? It was really weird. I'll tell you. It was a string quartet. Sick. And then I had a drum set up, but the drummer didn't have a snare drum or any cymbals. But he was like kind of like playing samples. And he also had a tom and he had a djembe. It was called, we called it the insect. <laughs> that, that does sound pretty crazy. Djembe is a great world music style drum. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it was really fun. I, I can't wait to do it again. I'm ready to get back out there. And I think I might have like a full band the next time I get out there. So I, you, you, I haven't, had, you, you haven't been thinking about doing any drive-in movie car tours or anything like that? <laughs> um, let's get into it next year. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> but like I have this vision of my, my string quartet being these kind of like having the ability to like get up and like put their strings down and walk over to band instruments. And then just be like the tightest prog, like nasty band. Like, That's very cool. That's uh, a great idea. I think you can make that dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. And uh, yeah, I love those guys that I played with that play strings. I don't know if they know how to play band instruments, but I think it'd be kind of fun to teach them. Look, if you could, yeah, sla- yeah. if you could slap a harp, you could slap a fucking, P base, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's true. That's, you would like you would like to think that, that yeah, yeah, you would like to think so. Uh I also want to talk about Claro because I really love that record so much too. Um and I, I feel do, like I too when, love that record and I, I loved making it too. And it's really interesting to me because the single now is like charting. You know, it's like a year later or more, it's like a billboard song now. Um and 
did you, is that a surprise to you or is that how it works sometimes? Or what are your, what are your thoughts about that kind of stuff? Well, I, I think with her, like the the first time I ever heard her music, I, it was probably the song flaming hot Cheetos. And I just kind of, I like heard something in it. I was just like, it just hit me really deep. And I was just like, I, this, there's something about this voice that, it reminds me of like my, I don't know, it reminded me of my childhood mm. in a way, but it also felt like there was something familiar and comforting about her voice. And I was just kind of like, I don't know, let's see what, let's see what she does. And I just couldn't, I couldn't stop listening to those early songs she had. And then it all, yeah, it happened kind of organically that, that we ended up making a, a whole album together. And yeah, I did think it would be very successful just because I liked it. Okay, okay, Timbaland. I mean, I just think that like there's a few things that have like floored me and that that record like floor I was like, this is it. Like this girl, it's gonna be huge. Yeah. And, um, and I was I'll be honest with you, I do think that some of these like, you know, straight white male rock critics and even like female rock critics, I I was kind of disappointed that they didn't want to let her in. Like mm. they didn't want to open the gates for her and be like, "This is a classic album." Mm-hmm. And I think I think they will with time. But I definitely felt I did feel like that it's harder to be like nobody was calling her a genius. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I felt like she, I I do think she's a genius, and I think. People should, I don't know, people don't throw that word around about women. I would agree with you. No, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think I I remember when that album came out, it kind of did have an energy about it. Like it was just like, it just sort of appeared one day and it was like a band camp kind of discovery. And it it almost had a little energy of like, this is just me limping in a little bit. And, you know, I'm I'm not a fully developed artist yet, and then that's I mean that could be a reason why. But I mean, obviously, you know, women don't get as much recognition as as men do, especially in criticism. But I think she's just just starting, and that's already a glimpse of how amazing that album is. It's a classic. It really is. Are you are you going to make more music with her? Yeah, we've talked about it. it I think it'd be fun. Where does she live? Does she live in Atlanta? she she kind of like you know she travels she spent some time in london this year um for some reason i'm from i'm from i'm from atlanta and i felt like she had some atlanta connection for some she does yeah yeah she does live in atlanta uh part of the year too i mean i don't yeah i I don't like saying where people live because i don't know (laughs) i think sure no i understand when you're a musician you're kind of like living where you wherever you are (laughs) yeah sometimes you have to be kind of and i also think there's something important about it being okay not to like say too much about your life Mm -hmm. no i no i agree with you i mean i think that that is actually um something that has ruined modern celebrity is that we have too much access and there's too much information out there and there's no mystery left yeah these goddamn podcasts are fucking it up but i mean i like that and, and we respect that but there is i don't know what it is about just wanting like you saying like, oh, I live in L.A. All I want to do is just talk to you about L.A. stuff. So, but I what east, what east what East Side restaurants do you like? I'm curious. <laughs> Let's go all the way back. I like going to um, Rafi's place for Persian food. 
that I would say that is the best Persian food. I agree. Um, in LA, and I took my parents there, and they they were like, "Yeah, it's solid." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 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 as good of a review as you're going to get from people who you know from somebody who's written cookbooks about Persian cooking because. You know, I, I'm sure there is much better Persian food out there in the world than Rafi's, but I haven't been able to find it in Los Angeles. That's for sure. Yes, it goes back to that thing that I was saying about the re- restaurants. And I, I do think America has trained our brains and maybe actually the French are most responsible for this. But mm-hmm. our our brains are trained to see like the apex of food being at restaurants. And when you think about it, that is kind of like that that's like the the analogy would be like the best sex you'll ever have is with a prostitute mm-hmm. <laughs> where's the lie but i mean the the, the best the best and, the best superficial and- but you know you're never going to have that real connection of the roots of how you know having penetration sex with your life partner or eating <laughs> you know, eating a roasted chicken that your your uh, you know the love of your life has spent all day cooking for you that you know, it, it's something that evolves or and transcends just pure flavor. And hopefully, one day I will I will cook a bird for you, Rostam. I'll go easy Jason, on the sumac. Jason is a great cook. I have to be honest. Do you are you cooking at home? What what's the chef game like? I have made well, so I make a pretty flawless tadig. Damn. Okay, oh, no. that was actually literally I had like three questions written down and three topics, and one of them was. I need Tadig tips because it's one of the I'm usually okay at cooking things and I cannot for the life of me even make a decent one. What do I need to know? Okay. You need a rice cooker. Okay. Got it. A, a Persian one. Okay. Oh. Don't got it. Or actually there I don't know, you I think you can find on my mom's website or in one of my mom's books, they'll tell Damn. you which kind to get. Well, yeah, what's <laughs> like, the what's the promo code? <laughs> yeah. I pretty much twenty at checkout for twenty percent off. I pretty much do have the the recipe memorized: okay. four cups basmati rice, mm-hmm. five cups water, mm-hmm. one tablespoon salt, mm-hmm. and between a quarter and a third a cup olive oil. Mm-hmm. So you you put it in the rice cooker and you stir the ingredients for about a minute. Okay. And then you just leave it. It takes about an hour, and you're good. Jason, I'm not a, I'm not a chef. Or, I'm not a chef, Jason. But that sounds pretty straightforward to me. Okay, so it, it, so you. It, but this is. Would this be considered cheating if you're using a rice cooker? No. Okay. <laughs> he said no, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> so you would you would need a special rice cooker to do this. Then I mean, is it cheating when you hire prostitutes? Not. <laughs> 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 That's a good point. That, 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 but something about I feel like you should learn the fundamentals before before <laughs> going to uh, before Jason. before having. I'm not talking about before you. Before going personally. to the red light district. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason. Jason, you have to masturbate before you get. Yeah, a I, That's I, what I need you to teach me how to kiss before I start sucking. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was yeah, Jason. You made it sound like he was about to give us this insane, challenging recipe, and then he kind of lined it up as as pretty straightforward. I, li- I, I do like that you have um, have that memorized by without even having to look at it. And what do you what do you love to eat the tadig with? Are you are you a, a gourmet sabzi guy? 
Uh, recently, I've been enjoying making salmon, and uh, I I like using turmeric and uh, sumac mm-hmm. on the salmon, mm-hmm. like salt, pepper, turmeric, and sumac. That's kind of been one of my favorite. How do you cook uh, that salmon? You can cook it on a grill, or you can cook it in your oven. So and we're not com- we're not doing a pan saute butter basting in the sumac. You can do that if you want. That will come out good. <laughs> it will come out good. <laughs> That'll come out good. Okay. I mean, salmon Salmon is one of those interesting foods where it's like the fat content to, to make it cook is kind of like built in. Mm-hmm. To, or to make it tasty is like built into the protein. Yep. If you get the right cut of salmon, there's a lot of lean salmons that are no, 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 no good. But also I'd recommend if you're anywhere near the east side, visit the Fish King in Glendale for a fine piece of salmon. Okay, that's a good tip. I'm down for that. Okay, good. Rostam, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. We covered a lot of bases. We did. We really did. I got to drugs, Teslas, and salmon, baby. <laughs> Only you, the good you, shit. I, I, you also make music or something? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was a true pleasure. Uh, honestly, you know, as much as we joke around, we we're really big fans of you and your music, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, we do. I. <laughs> Damn, come on. Don't hit us with the Damn. I. We're, this guy's we're, a fucking we're... hater. No, 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 no. That's like a very celebratory I. Uh, oh, I understand. Okay. I'm sorry. We, we mistook that. I apologize. Our bad, as usual. 